Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, strong mom, welcome back to the podcast, and I am excited. This is the countdown. Not only are we about to have Christmas, but we are about to be into a new year and be totally done with the shitstorm of a year that we call 2020. Um, And so what I thought would be awesome is let's start off with a bang and let's talk about some weight loss tips for 2021 that are actually going to help you to get to that goal. And before we even get started with that, I do want you to reflect just a little bit about this past year because Sometimes we have to take a step back and we have to look at what is not working and create that awareness for ourselves before we can actually move forward and do something better that actually is going to work. So how did 2020 go for you? Was Did you actually reach your big weight loss or fitness goal this year? Why or why not? If you didn't reach it, why why were you struggling? What were those big things that were holding you back? And I want you to ask yourself if you have been repeating this cycle for a while. Have you are you keeping you keep approaching fitness or weight loss? You want to reach these goals, but you keep approaching them in the same ways, expecting a different result? Well, my friends, I hate to break it to you, but that's the definition of insanity is doing the same, trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And so I want you to come in with an open mind as I share these five weight loss tips because some of them might not be, um, they might not be the standard weight loss tips that you're going to get. I know that because before I started this episode, I went and I did a little Googling and I typed in like top weight loss tips to see what would come up. And a lot of them were just generic crap that we've all heard before. And maybe some of the things I'm going to share with you, you've heard before, but maybe you didn't really understand why it mattered so much. Um, So I'm going to really break that down for you as well, because I think it's really important that we understand why these things could be helpful for us. That awareness, that understanding piece really helps us to um, to actually try to do something different outside of our comfort zone or outside of what we might think is what we need to do for weight loss. So are you guys ready? Let's dive in for, let's dive in today and let's talk about what are these top five weight loss tips that I have for you that you can take going into 2021 and that will actually make a difference if you follow through with these. So the very very first one, the very first tip I have for you is picking the right diet for you. Now, it sounds very simple, but what does that mean? This means that this number one, hands down, whatever diet you decide to do in 2021 needs to be something that you can see yourself doing long term. Because if you are trying a diet and it's something that you cannot sustain, so how how do you expect to keep the weight off? 
And this is one of the biggest problems that I see also for moms is they keep picking these diets that just don't fit into their mom life. It's like something they have to uh, work their life around. And so that's not realistic long term. So we have to think long term game. If you want to keep the weight off, a lot of us don't have a weight loss problem. We have a keeping the weight off problem. Majority of people can lose weight, right? We can do like a short challenge and lose a bunch of weight and like push ourselves and and really, you know, take all this willpower, motivation, and effort. But how does that usually work out? It doesn't work out long term. And I want you to think about this too. You cannot get a positive outcome with a negative approach. And so if you're doing something or you're picking these diets that is that are super restrictive and they're hard to do, and it's like pushing yourself to have to do something, to have to do it to the point where it's it doesn't feel good, right? You're approaching it in a negative way. You're not going to get a positive outcome like weight loss that's permanent. It just does not work work that way. So we really, you really need to focus on trying to pick the right diet for you. And if you go back to the first episode of this podcast, I talked about how to do that with asking yourselves five questions. And the first question is, can you see yourself doing this long term? And if you can't, you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing it. And another thing I really feel strongly, like I said, is it should be something that you can see fitting into your mom life and not something you have to work your life around. So if you're having to cook yourself separate dinners from your family, and it, you know, I really want you to ask yourself, is that something that's sustainable? Is that something that makes you feel good doing? Or is it something you're just trying to grind through and push through because you think that is the only way that you can lose weight? And I promise you that that is not the, that is not the only way nor is that the best way. So really dig deep and think about that when you're going into 2021, am I picking the right diet for me? Is this something I can see myself doing long term, right? Tip number two is keep a food diary to double your results. There was a study that was done in 2008. I'm going to bring it up. It was done by, um, who did it? It was funded by the National uh, Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. And at the National Institutes of Health, and the study is one of a few studies to recruit a large percentage of people, um, let's see, that they talked about. I'm trying to like skim through to give you all the gist of it. Um, It says keeping a food diary can double a person's weight, according to a study. Um, And the findings were really interesting. There was uh, 1,700 participants and those that kept a food diary lost twice as much weight and they did not put them on a specific diet. I think they did recommend that they you know, of course, try to eat healthy foods, um, like I said, a diet rich in fruits and vegetables and low in fat or non-fat dairy, but they didn't make them go on a specific diet. And those that actually that kept the food diet lost twice as much weight as those that didn't. So why is this? I really feel the biggest reason of why this is, is because it makes you aware of food. When you keep a food diary, regardless if you are trying to count macros or not, or using it for a certain diet, just the act of keeping a food diary makes you aware of what you're eating. And you got to think about this, guys. Um, Food is a habit. A lot of things um, around 
around food are habitual for us because think about it, we eat every day. It's just something that's part of our daily routine. And so we do develop these habits around food, but we don't really um, we, we don't really understand or realize that's happening until we create awareness. Awareness really is the first step to change. Like how can you change something that you're not aware of? So I want you to really think about that as well. Um, how could keeping a food diary and being open-minded about keeping a food diary, how could that help you in 2021? And I'll tell you this, as somebody that is a nutritionist, um, when I do nutrition consults with people, I require a one-week food diary before we even do a consult because how can I tell them what to work on or what needs to change if I don't understand what's going on, right? Um, And so when I do that, my favorite question to ask people is, what did you think about keeping a food diary? Because majority of people have never done it before. And they were like, oh my gosh, like I realized this and this and this, like I actually lost weight. Sometimes that happens just to them becoming aware of what it makes them more mindful of what they're actually have uh, putting in their mouth because they know they're going to have to track that. So really think about how can I incorporate keeping a food diary. And if you've never kept a food diary before, I highly recommend the app MyFitnessPal. That's what I tell my clients to use. That's what I've been using personally for years, and it has a huge database. It's really easy to find food in there, either by uh, scanning a barcode off the food package or just typing something in. It's actually the place where I could put all my uh, recipes. So, like when I work with women, I give them access to my my personal recipes, and I add them in the data my Fitness Pal database. So it's easy to find. It's just a really cool app that has a lot of features. It's way easier than trying to do it all on paper. Um, and it's really cool because you'll get to see the nutrition content and all the food that you're eating and you'll start to notice these patterns. And then you'll also start to see really the, like I said, use this as an awareness piece without judgment, come into this, like you're a third person and you're just observing. So try to observe without guilt because guilt is not going to help you. That's not going to help you change. That's going to actually disempower you to change because it's an, it's a negative emotion. How can you do something positive yourself if you're in a negative state, right? So we don't want to put ourselves in a guilt state. We want to empower ourselves to look at it and what can we do better, Okay, so that was my tip number two is keeping a food diary to double your result results. <laughs> number uh, weight loss tip number three: eat more protein. More, mostly women that I talk to that are trying to lose weight and they're struggling with this, they're putting so much focus on eating a low-carb diet when that is not the macronutrient that you need to be focusing on the most. We need to, you need to be focusing on protein number one. So this is really important, not just for maintaining or gaining muscle, but even for weight loss itself. And a lot of people think that protein is just important for gaining muscle. And it, and it's not, it is, it is the most important, like I said, for weight loss. So let me share this with you. When studies, there's, there's studies that show when you equate, uh, when protein, they take two groups of people, right? And they put them, they're both eating the same amount of protein, like a higher protein diet, and they're within weight loss calories. One group will do a low carb, high fat, and the other group will do a high fat, low carb, or did I say that right? One's low carb, high fat, and one's high fat, low carb. Um, all right, so basically one's high carb, one's low carb, right? 
And they show that there is no difference in weight loss. The low-carb group might show initially more weight loss, but that's mostly because they're losing water weight. If you are not familiar with low-carb diets, that's the magic that seems to happen in the beginning, right? We lose a bunch of weight, and most of it's water weight because for every gram of carb that you that you consume, you hold on to three grams of water. So when you cut the carbs, of course, you're going to lose a lot of water weight at first. But then over time, the weight loss equals out. It's the same between low carb and high carb. There's really not a big difference as long as, this is the key, as long as you're having a high protein diet and your calories were, are within weight loss range, which is the calorie deficit. This is where I've noticed sometimes people will cite um, low carb Diets are better because look at this study, you know, and it showed and it showed that low carb is better than high carb. But then you start looking at the study and you notice that the the low carb group was eating more protein than the high carb group. And it's like, okay, no, duh. like we need to, uh, when those variables are different, because that's the variable that matters the most, then of course, you're going to see that the low carb is better just because they were eating a higher protein diet. So it's really important to also know when you're looking at studies, kind of how to um, go kind of look their own because a lot of people kind of like cherry pick and try to make a study look better than what it is um but anyway so that is something that really helped me in my journey too because I used to have I used to struggle with low carb I used to be like that person that was really had um this like like it was a carb phobic and so I thought automatically carbs equaled gaining weight until I started understanding how weight loss worked and how food works with that, especially macronutrients like your protein, fats, and carbs, how those play a part in weight loss. But eating enough protein is should be the number one thing you focus on right after you're in a calorie deficit when it comes to weight loss. And I've noticed this with clients I've worked with, we we dial in the we get them eating enough protein, they're in a calorie deficit, they start losing weight. It doesn't matter if in their carbs and fats can fluctuate as long as they stay within that calorie deficit. Um, Another reason why high protein is so important when we're trying to lose weight is it will help you to maintain your muscle, which in return will help you to maintain your metabolism. Muscle Muscle takes more energy, more calories, right, to upkeep than fat does. So the more muscle you have, the higher your metabolism is going to be. And to be honest, the healthier you're going to be. So it's really important as we're losing weight that we care about where that weight loss comes from, that we try to focus on losing fat over losing muscle. And if you're just preoccupied so much with just the scale alone, then you don't really realize where that is coming from. Is that coming from fat or is it coming from muscle? And you really want to try not to lose any muscle as you're losing weight. Because like I said, for one, it's going to keep your metabolism healthy. Um, And then for number two, when you start losing weight, you're going to like how you look. If you are losing your muscle at the same time you're losing fat, you're just going to be a skinny fat version of yourself. You're going to be jiggly still in all the same same places. I know this because I've done that, guys. I used to weigh, weigh 120 pounds now. I am five feet, by the way, so I'm really short. So that's like a healthy, good weight for me. Um, but I used to weigh 20 pounds lighter and um, about 20, 15 pounds lighter. And I never looked good. Like I was like, really, I was skinny fat. I look better now 
than I did back then because I have more muscle. And part of that was strength training and eating enough protein. So protein is really important. If you don't know how much protein to eat, you want to aim for one gram of protein uh, per pound of body weight. So if you are 140 pounds, try to aim to eat 140 grams. That's just like a ballpark. Um, Of course, we can dial it in a little bit more. But that's just to kind of get you started. I did do a podcast episode. I'm going to link a bunch of podcast episodes in the show notes because I did one that was called Protein 101. And I really break down how how important it is to make sure you're getting enough protein, how, uh, how much you need to aim for, and then how does that look like in a day? Because when I do tell women to eat more protein, especially when I tell them try to eat, you know, as many grams as you weigh. Um, now, if you are have, if you're somebody that has 30, 40 plus pounds to lose, you you have a lot of weight loss, then you want to aim to eat your ideal weight in grams of protein. So say you're 200 pounds, your ideal weight's 150, aim for 150 grams of protein a day. Um, And I explained that more in that podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. And then the next thing, my next tip, so tip number four is prioritizing lifting weights over cardio. So this is going to be something that is probably going to be hard for you to hear because we have been told that when it comes to weight loss, we need to focus on cardio, 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 cardio. And the thing is, guys, it really isn't the best thing for weight loss. I did an episode on this as well where I'll go where I went in more depth, but I'm going to give you kind of the gist of everything. Once again, that'll be in the show notes as well. But this is the reason why, and the reason why is if we are strength training, we're lifting weights, why we are in a calorie deficit that is going to help us to maintain, and I've even seen women actually gain uh, muscle, right? And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good healthy weight loss if we are maintaining or we're gaining muscle at the same time. And now let me go ahead and tell you, and you're going to like the way you look, by the way, if you're looking for a toned look, you know, I feel like 1990s, early 2000s was all about like being super skinny, having no butt, no curves, like being a stick figure. And that was like the in thing, but that's not in anymore, which I love, by the way, it's like a healthy, a healthy looking woman, right? Like curves and a butt. And, but we also want to look toned, right? Want to have nice toned arms and things like that. So that is where resistance training is super important to prioritize over cardio. I'm not saying not to do the cardio, but it should not be your main focus of exercise as you're losing weight. Um, The next reason that it's really important is people think that they lose more, they burn more calories doing cardio than resistance training. I'm gonna explain this. A lot of us have fitness watches, right? So we look at that calories when we're doing a workout and we're thinking, oh yeah, like I burn way more calories doing this cardio session for 30 minutes than I do doing a weightlifting session. But what you're not understanding is what happens after that session is done. So what I mean by that is when you are doing a cardio session, um, and the one cardio that we could say is, is not actually not what I'm not talking about. I'm talking about like steady state when you go for a jog, when your heart rate stays the same. Uh, cardio, like hit cardio where your heart rate gets up high and it gets low, it gets high. That has more of a better burning effect than like a steady state cardio. But what I'm really talking about is like 
if you think you need to go be jogging on a treadmill all the time, or you're doing some type of cardio where it's just like, it's not pushing you super hard, but it is getting your heart rate up and it's just staying like a stable heart rate. That's the cardio I'm talking about. When you finish that cardio session, the calories stop. No more calorie burning. When you do something like hit interval training or you do resistance training, your metabolism is elevated for up to 48 hours, especially with resistance training, especially whenever we are lifting weights, your metabolism is raised for up to 48 hours afterwards. Why is this? Because that workout was really taxing on your body and your body has to really recover from that. It has to repair the damage and it, that was done to those muscles and that takes energy out of your body. So what you don't realize and what your watch isn't showing you, your fitness watch, is that you're actually burning more calories. You're still burning calories after the resistance training workout versus the cardio session where you're just going for a jog. So that's why it's, that's where it actually, you're actually burning more calories. You're actually increasing your metabolism more when you're doing restraint, uh, restraint, uh, resistance training, lifting weights. Now, if you're gaining muscle, right, as you're doing that, because you're resistance training, you're going to start gaining muscle, especially if you're resistance training in a way that's pushing you progressive overload, you're getting stronger over time, then you're going to start gaining muscle. And when you start getting muscle, your metabolism is going to start going up too. So in in another way, you're going to be burning more calories just because your metabolism is higher. So that's why weightlifting is really should be your top priority, no matter how much weight you need to lose. Okay, so that was tip number four. Tip number five is focus on creating healthy routines and habits. So we need to get out of this mindset of this all or nothing approach, this I'm going to hit this hard for X amount of weeks until I have this you know, this thing to go to or this thing I want to look good for, which it's good to have goals like that. Like if you have a wedding coming up or you're going on a trip or you have a special event, it's it's awesome. Those things can really fuel you. But what happens, what I see people doing is they're just pushing and grinding and just burning themselves out, trying to lose weight as fast as possible for that event but they don't have a game plan on how to do this long term. So they're just seeing this in the short term. So when that that event happens afterwards, they get all the way back. And you might have been in that situation before. And a big reason that happens is because you weren't going about it in a way that was something you can consistently keep doing. You were trying to lose weight too fast. It wasn't a healthy weight loss. And then, and most importantly, you didn't create these habits and these routines that are gonna keep you going long term. So when you are going about any type of you know weight loss program, diet, exercise plan, you always should be thinking about how can I create these healthy habits, these healthy routines? How can I keep doing this? Because once again, however you lose the weight, if you want to keep the weight off, you got to keep, you got to keep doing that. You can't go back to how you were eating before. You can't go back to not working out. We got to be consistent if we want to keep consistent results. And the way that we do that is not by relying on willpower and motivation to see us through because we all know those things don't really last, right? Motivation comes and goes. And, you know, willpower is like, I explain this to people, you only have you have your willpower is like a muscle, right? You have a willpower muscle and you're using it all day long and it fatigues. And so by the end of the day, that's why it's harder to make better choices for ourselves 
because it's fatigued. But over time, the more you use it, it gets stronger. But it's also like a battery. So like I said, at the end of the day, it's done. And then you're giving into things. So how do what is a more sustainable approach is to go about is is creating habits because habits are on autopilot. And if you don't, you probably don't even realize but 40 for 40 to 50% of your day is on autopilot. You do the same things every day. You think a lot of the same thoughts. Those things are on autopilot. It's really easy and your brain likes that because it doesn't have to really think things through. It doesn't have to use willpower to get through things. It just does, right? And it preserves energy for yourself, for your brain, for your body when we do things that are on habit. So we want to be mindful about creating healthy habits as we go along this journey. And one really good resource that I recommend for this is the book Atomic Habits by James Clare. I recommend this book a lot. I love it. It's one of my favorite books and it really helps you to create new habits and how can we replace our old habits that aren't serving us anymore and create healthier habits. But it's really important to have these routines and these habits. Some other little tips about that is if you're trying to do anything and you want to start to make it a routine and a habit, like for example, exercise, if you're going to exercise, you need a game plan. You need to know I'm going to exercise this amount of many days at this time. And, and you need to start creating this habit and this routine around exercise. If you tell yourself, oh, I'm going to exercise this week and you don't have a game plan, you don't know when you're going to do it, or you're just saying, I'm going to exercise today and that's it, but you do not put a set time or you're just every week, it's like whenever you get to it and you don't have a set time or, or a, a set day, it's going to be really hard to start making that a habit because you're not being consistent on how you're showing up. So really think about how, what are ways that I can set routines. Another good thing to try to set a routine around is meal planning every week because that is something that is going to hold us back. If you don't have a way, if you don't at least plan your meals out for the week, then you're more likely to just skip a meal, eat whatever, go through a fast food drive-through. Um, that's a really good routine that you want to 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 get in. Another routine that I would recommend is like a morning routine, mindset routine, something you know, even if it's just ten minutes in the day to set your day up for positivity and and um you know, for, for you to be productive and want to start and want to reach those goals versus, you know, waking up, hitting the snooze like three or four times and just waking up in a panic and just rushing. And that's how you're starting a day. And that energy just goes throughout the day. You, you hold on to that. And then it's, it's just easier to give into making unhealthy or decisions you don't want to do um, or you really don't want just because you're in this negative space. And when we are in a negative space, we attract more um, decisions that are negative for us. When we're feeling good about ourselves, it's easier to do good things for ourselves, right? So we want to create that for ourselves first uh, first thing in the morning. And as a mom, it's that, that's your me time. <laughs> I love my me time. I like waking up before everybody else in my house just so I have that time for myself, um, that quiet, that peace and quiet, because we usually don't get it. And sometimes what I'll see happen is moms, because they don't you know, find that time in the morning, they're trying to do that at night. And then that results in them staying up really late and not getting enough sleep sleep. And then that means they're tired the next day and they're not, when you're tired, you really can't um, show up how you want to show up. You can't do the things you really want to do it and actually is harming your weight loss, which actually is going to tie in and kind of roll into a bonus tip that I have for you. 
So I have a saying, a healthy body is a sexy body. And you might have heard me say that before. And I really want to remind you guys why this is so important. A lot of us do not take care of ourselves on a health level first. So our bodies are working against us as we're trying to lose weight. What does this mean? If you are stressed, if you are lacking sleep, if you do not drink enough water, these things alone can set you up for weight loss or I mean, uh, weight gain or uh, resistance to weight loss. Let me just explain why. Stress, whenever we are stressed, we get a cortisol response, okay? Cortisol response will translate into food cravings. It will also put our body in a state where it's harder to lose weight. So we want to... We want to be able to manage stress, mental and even physical stress is the same thing. Like for me, if I don't get, if I get six hours of sleep or less, I am not going to work out the next day because exercise is also a stress on your body. And it's a really good stressor if your body can overcome, right? And it can get better and it has the capability to recover from that. If it doesn't have the capability to recover, you're beating yourself on the ground. And especially if you're working out, you could actually... Um, and, and you're not getting the proper recovery, you can actually start breaking down that muscle more. Um, and it doesn't come back stronger because it doesn't have the recovery to do that. So we really don't want, we really want to manage our stress. Sleep, we want to get enough sleep because if we don't get enough sleep, the next day we have a hormone called ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone, and that is elevated the next day. Our stress hormone, cortisol, is elevated the next day. And then we have another hormone called leptin that is the hormone that tells us that or makes us feel satisfied and that's lowered. So you have a trifecta the next day of not getting enough sleep that's setting you up physiologically for food cravings. And if you have not gotten enough sleep before, pay attention to how you feel the next day. More than likely, I bet you re- you're going to start to see that you're craving things that you normally don't crave, or it's like you can't stop eating. And that is because of the hormone uh, imbalances that have happened as a result of not getting enough sleep. So it's really important that we need to get enough sleep. Um, if not, you're going to be fighting against your body the next day with food cravings. And guess what? it's going to win in the end, right? Of Especially as your willpower, get uh, your willpower battery, right? We, we use up that battery throughout the day. And at the end of the day, that's whenever, if you notice, I bet you will notice that that's when you give in to food cravings more as at the end of the day. And it's because your willpower shot for the day. So let's try to work with our body or, or take care of our body so it works with us for weight loss. Because weight loss in itself, guys, being in a calorie deficit is a stressor. We don't want to put more unnecessary stress on our body than what we're already doing. I mean, weight loss is a good thing, but your body, it is a stressor on your body to be in a calorie deficit. The next thing is water. This is so important. I know we always hear drink enough water, but are you really doing it? I'm not going to sit here and preach preach to you too much, but it does make a difference because when you don't drink enough water, um, you're, you have your thirst, um, the, the way it feels to be thirsty and the way that it feels to be hungry your body can't tell the difference. If this is the same exact sensation in your body, so you could actually be just thirsty when you think you're hungry. So that can manifest in a cravings. I've seen this when I tell women, you know, women that don't drink water, I'm like, don't even focus on anything else, just drink more water. And when they drink more water, food cravings, they're gone or hardly non-existent and that's all they needed. And before they were just wheel, trying to willpower through that, right? They were thinking, I'm just gonna grind through this. I'm gonna willpower through this. And it's like, 
you don't have to. Like, let's try to figure out why this is happening and fix that so that it's easier for us to uh, not have food cravings and actually lose weight, right? Another reason why water is so important is 60 to 70% of your body is made up of water and all the functioning in your body, all the functions, including fat oxidization, which means fat loss, needs water to function properly. So if you want your body to be functioning properly, you need to be drinking enough water, said and done, <laughs> right? So if you, an easy starting point is half your body weight in ounces, but I really recommend if you're taking supplements, if you're working out, you need to increase that to a gallon of water a day. And so baby steps, right? Just, you know, add a couple, like a glass of water every day, right? Or for a couple of days, just try to reach that goal, but it's really hard if you're somebody that doesn't drink water to be just to go out and be like, I'm going to drink a gallon of water today. And it's like, you're going to feel defeated because that's like so far from which where you're at. So just take those baby steps and it builds over time. And that's a really good habit to have a good, healthy habit to have. And so I hope you guys got some really good information. Let me go ahead and go through those weight loss tips again. Uh, tip number one was to pick the right diet for you. Tip number two was to keep a food diary to double your results. Tip number three is eat more protein. Tip number four was prior prioritize lifting weights over cardio. Tip number five is focus on creating healthy routines and habits. And your bonus tip was a healthy body is a sexy body. So focus on creating a healthy body first that's going to work with you and not against you as you lose weight. So those are the five weight loss tips that I have for you going into 2021. And I know you're excited to kick off the new year. I know you have some big goals. Whatever happened in 2020, I want you to know that you can get to those goals and I want to help you do that. So I'm going to be doing something special that I haven't done before. And I am hosting a webinar next week at 2 p.m. Central Time in the macros in my macros for mom. Facebook group, and it's all about goal setting. So it's going to be called the 2021 Goal Setting Mastermind. And together, I will help you to get clear on that 2021 fitness and weight loss goal and how you're going to get there. We'll get clear exactly on what you want, why, and what has been holding you back. And then I'll help you break down that goal into small action steps you can take to create create this clear path on what it will look like to reach that big goal. And we'll also talk about what realistic progress looks like so you know what to be expecting along the way. You cannot expect to reach a destination without a roadmap. So together, let's create that roadmap. And it's going to be a masterclass you don't want to miss. So if you want to sign up so you can get notified, make sure you don't miss out, then you can sign up at www.mamasnewstrong.com for slash 2021. And I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes as well as all the links to the episodes that I, I mentioned in this episode as well, you can find in the show notes. But for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now, guys. What if you could lose weight and transform your body without cooking yourself separate dinners from your family, without meal replacement shakes, or without cutting out all carbs? Macro counting is a lifestyle that can give you all of that, and it's a diet that actually fits into your mom life, not another restrictive diet that you have to work your mom life around. And I've been using macro counting for the past five years to stay fit and stick to my goals, as well as help other moms do the same. 
It can truly be life-changing if you are ready for it. And that is why I put together a free, simple, and quick guide that walks you through five questions that will help you know with clarity if you are ready to start your Macro County lifestyle. So go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash get started. That's mamasnewstrong.com forward slash get started or see the link in the show notes. So go and grab this guide so you can find out if you are ready to confidently start your Macro County lifestyle today.